podcast is written for a live studio audience. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast with Jason and Mike. I'm Jason. I'm Mike. And we're coming to you from the Pud Cave, located here in Game Swap in beautiful downtown Lincoln in the great state of North Carolina. But Mikey, brother, it's really not that beautiful this morning. It's <laughs> nasty. It's raining out there, man. But it's beautiful in the cave. Baby. It is. It is. It's nice and cozy. It's nice and cozy. And brother, we get to welcome back somebody to the podcast. Absolutely. Somebody ain't been in here in a little while. You right. know, we had a little hiatus. We kind of had a little vacation, a little break, whatever you want to call it. And we got to finally get the man back in here today. And Wayne Sisk. Yeah. Wayne Sisk is back All once right. again. Yo, woo! All right. Wayno, Wayno. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. Sir. Please sit down. Sit down. <laughs> sit down. Wayne, man, it's good to have you back. How you been doing, bro? I've been doing great, guys. It's good to see you. I've been. Glad you got back. I've been listening to the cast. Y'all been getting into it. I've been enjoying it. Well, thank, thank you, you, brother. Thank you. Well, you know, Wayne, um, today, man, obviously, we're going to be talking about music. We're yep. going to be uh, talking about Warren Zevon. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. You know how it goes. Yeah, you, oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. you know, I understand. But, you know, uh, Wayne, we were actually just talking about our wrestling show that we're doing for L-Town Radio, the, right. weekly, the weekly wrestling wrap-up. And, brother, that's that's a hard one. <laughs> Roy Howdy. Roy Howdy. That one's, that one's rough. Oh, but, man. Uh, but, but on the on the weekly uh, wrestling update, we're not going to go into it now because it'll actually be coming out Saturday or Sunday night, and this should be released Sunday afternoon if all goes well. But we were talking about the Jim Cornette controversy. We we're talking about some jokes. We we're talking about some things that maybe we're saying in bad taste. Maybe not. You'll have to check out that show if you want to know yes. what our take on it. But Wayne, you started talking about some bad jokes. Well, when we <laughs> used to have discords, we used to do contests to see the world's worst joke. And we finally came down to this one that Scott Beal, our old buddy Scott, used to tell. And uh, we judged it as to be probably the worst joke in the world. So it goes like this. A little old lady walking on the beach with her four-year-old grandson, just happy as all get out. And all of a sudden, a rogue wave comes in and just washes her and the little boy out to sea. Now... She can't find him. She's on the beach, and she just gets down on her knees and prays, Oh, Lord, I've been a good woman all my life. Please bring my little grandson back to me. Next thing you know, a big wave comes in and drops the little boy unharmed right at her feet. She looks up at the sky and goes, He had a hat. <laughs> Damn it, man. Man. Hey, y'all in here, wow. I think the worst joke ever told. <laughs> yeah, I do. My dad actually told me this joke okay. once when you're going to hear it. Man, you're going to be like, What? All right, man, there was this little old lady, and she's uh, walking her dog. And this guy comes up and says, hey, that's a pretty dog. What's his name? She says, Porky. Porky. Why you call him Porky? Because he likes to fuck pigs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Wow. Yeah, man, my dad told me that. I was a little older, man. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't a kid. I was to this day. Well, I didn't didn't think he'd have you in there at five. Listen to this one, son. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear about the here, uh, boy. Did you hear about the five dollar hooker? Yeah, this guy goes up, you know, gets some and comes back the next week and says, Hey, you gave me crab. She's like, dude, it was five bucks. What'd you want? Lobster? <laughs> oh, <laughs> nasty. Oh, oh god. Oh, so as y'all can Gross. tell the custom for the kids campaign is over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're, we're no longer that. doing that. All right, this was one of my entries for the worst joke. This guy's in a locker room changing clothes after he's worked out and he sees a buddy over there. And he's got this huge cork shoved up his rear end. He said, hey, man, what's that? He said, well, he said, I found a Aladdin's lamp on the beach. I rubbed it, and a genie came out and said, I'll give you three wishes. I said, no shit. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Oh, my God. Hey, Mike, you got one? Man? I mean, that's, I don't know where to go from there, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, that shit went best, oh, joke. It should. <laughs> oh my god, I man. I think he swerved us on Dude, that one. Dude, he swerved us bad, man. <laughs> the one I got is a clean joke. Uh, you ever tried Wookie meat? No, no, it's chewy. Oh, 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 no. oh. oh god! Hey, why don't cannibals eat clowns? Because <laughs> they taste funny. Oh. Oh. All right, there's one joke. <laughs> there's one joke that you always had. You told me for the first time, and it never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the leprechaun oh shit man okay you want me to tell it oh my god oh, okay <laughs> fuck it because like i said man we're not doing the cuss for the kids all right there well, well there's this guy man and uh he was just really down on his luck man he was he was sick so he got really sick and so he got so sick man he ended up losing his job and when he lost his job man he lost his wife she was like you know i'm leaving blah 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 so well man he is up you know he's just he's hating it man so he gets up one night he can't sleep like i say he's sick he he's depressed he's broke he's lonely well he starts riding around well he has to go to the bathroom man so he ends up stopping at this rest area well he goes into the stall and lo and behold in front of him was a damn leprechaun he was like holy shit and the leprechaun said oh you found me it's like three in the morning you know the leprechaun's oh you found me he's like this is the only time i can get out three in the morning you know he was like, well, how you get to three wishes? And the guy was like, well, man, I, I want my health. I want my woman. I want my job back. You know, I love I loved all three. And the guy was like, all right. And well, as soon as I uh, get done fucking you up the ass, you can have them all. And the guy was like, wait, what? And he was like, well, yeah, that's part of the legends that they don't tell you. You know, he's like, uh, when you find a leprechaun, you get to three wishes, but you got you to gotta let me have sex with you. You got to let me fuck you in the ass. And the guy was like, you know, man, at this point, I'm willing to try anything, man. I mean, he was he was bad, man. So the guy lets him do it. So, you know, he's, you know, this leprechaun proceeds to start fucking this guy in the ass. And the guy looks back and says, God damn, man, I can't believe I'm letting you fuck me in the ass. And the leprechaun says, God damn, man, I can't believe you think I'm a fucking leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh-huh. uh, now so would be a good so time to tell your kids <laughs> not to listen. To so this <laughs> episode is sponsored by Copa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, we're probably not going to post this one on the LinkedIn site. You know, you oh. might be, yeah, 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 we're we'll go ahead and cut this one out, man. Uh, like I said, the custom for the kids campaign is gone, man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, damn, dude, I didn't mean for it to go like that, man. That's on Mike. I'm a, hey, I, hey, hey, I got one more for okay. you. If we're going to tell like really dirty, bad jokes, man, and I, I got told one like one clean joke. And He's I, told one joke. One now. joke. You and can't it blame was, it on like, Mike. Clean. Oh, this one's cleaner than Skeeter's Peter. <laughs> Well, this one's going to pretty much rank with the other one, man. So there's this hitchhiker, right? And he's, he's going down the road. <laughs> this truck driver picks him up, man. When he gets in, he knows that the truck driver's got a monkey. He was like, oh, shit. Was that your pet monkey? He was like, yeah, man. He was like, cool. He was like, does he do any tricks? And truck driver's like, I taught him one trick. Truck driver pulls back, slaps the shit out of this monkey, man. I mean, he slaps this monkey square in the face. Monkey kind of comes to and he goes over to the, to the truck driver and gives the truck driver a blowjob. The hitchhiker's like, holy shit, man. You know, he don't know what to think, man. So they go down the road a few miles, and the hitchhiker's still like, damn, dude. And truck driver's like, hey, you want to see that, you want to see that, ju- or you want to see that trick again? And hitchhiker's like, damn, I, I guess, man. I don't know, you know. But so the truck driver reaches back, slaps the ever living shit out of this monkey, man. Bam! Monkey goes over to the truck driver, gives him a blowjob. Hitchhiker's like, damn, dude, I ain't never seen no shit like that before. <laughs> so they go down the road, and the truck driver's like, hey, man, you want to give it a try? And he's like, Okay, yeah, man, just don't slap me so hard. (laughs) (laughs) 
damn it, man. Oh, oh man. Well, guys, I think maybe now would be a good time to like go to the Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon. Speaking of which, Wayne, I want to I want to thank you publicly again, man. Wayne brought me oh. a, a hellacious gift today, yeah. man. Something yeah. awesome, man. He brought me a Warren Zevon T-shirt, dude. <laughs> it's like I was telling Wayne, I don't know if I want to wear it or frame it, dude. Like seriously, right. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about framing and putting yeah. it up here in the cave, man, because it's a cool ass shirt, man. It's yeah. yours. You can do yeah. what you want with it, man. Brother, just thank you. I, I I'll tell you again, man. I, it, that was really awesome, man. Thank I, you for doing I've been, that. I've been I've uh, been reading up. Uh, I. I don't. I don't know if you saw. I put on Facebook the two books I got about Warren just recently. No, two new books no. about him. One of them is a great book that takes you through every album and how he wrote and how he came up with certain oh, things. Dude. And the other one is just a secondhand volume. I mean, a second. I, I don't know how to say it. This guy was not a Warren Zevon confidant, but he is a biographer who wrote a really good sort of objective biography not like his wife did or anybody else did this he's basically saying you know how it would be written if it was done like you know what as a a partial an impartial observer right right and it's good it brace it brings up a lot of things that you know that the family not that they didn't want to sell but that it's just they didn't think it was necessary and let me ask you this one the one because i haven't read any of these books but the one by his wife i'm sure was biased Uh, well it was basically written off of his journals okay okay and she take would she would take like a page from his journal where he would say you know went to the studio you know decided to quit cigarettes today stopped and got a pack of cigarettes right. today you know just just that's how he wrote yeah. stuff in his journal right and and a lot of people i found that are very creative do that they write journals to themselves and warren did it and that's how she basically did it she didn't sit there and say this is how my life with warren was i see i got she basically you. said this is what was happening and this is how i remember it got you she got some quotes from people like jackson brown and waddy watchman oh, okay. linda ronstadt in there you know all the people that knew him back then right. to basically fill in blanks and i've been reading you know i read some the the guy who was doing the uh, uh biography really talked to waddy about him right. what if we can pretty much safely say that if it wasn't for waddy and jackson brown Warren would have never had any career. Exactly. exactly. Any at all. Because Waddy was his guitarist for the most part. And he also was one of the guys who basically helped him steer him away from some of the... I mean, he, he was... A nightmare in the studio. I mean, I th- I, I've heard that. I, I, yeah. I think we can pretty much say that, you know, a lot of talented people are just yeah. a bit dense as far as how they treat other people yeah oh yeah i'm sure man and yeah. and warren was one of those and i and and but waddy was one of the type of the guys that you know he basically didn't put up with his shit right he and i apologize if i said that no, <laughs> oh no 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 dude oh obviously no man no no, 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 no man we're but, but i'm basically <laughs> saying you know that waddy was the one that basically said you know and he was the one that jackson brown would go and warren's first uh single you know that went big was uh, werewolves of london correct right Waddy was the one that recommended that, and Warren didn't want it. Really? No, he wanted uh, "Genie Needs a New Shooter." Okay, yeah, which I love that song. I love that yeah, song, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not a hit. I no, mean, I love no, it, right. and a lot of good songs are not hits. True. They don't have that hook. Right. We can all agree, "Werewolves of London" has the hook. It absolutely does. And you know, uh, when it's funny, a friend of mine was talking about that on on Facebook the other week because I am a little bit of a Zevon snob. Exactly. You know, we talked. That's probably, honestly, my least favorite song by him. It is. I mean, you know, I like it. But, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and sit there and 
and, and if I'm going to listen to Warren, I'm not going to sit there and say, Little Werewolves of London would right. be Thank good you. right now. Right. Thank you. I, I'm right. Although go. there is a version, I think I've told you about it, on a British TV show where he did it with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. You were telling me yeah. about that. I That's, still have not you, watched that If yet. you find that on YouTube, I don't know if I've still got it linked up or something, not, but it was an awesome, awesome version of that song. I would like to uh, definitely see that because I've heard him play it just on piano, just right. to him, you know, like when we went to see him that right. time, you know. But yeah, you know, Wayne, you you make a good point. I've also I've also heard Warren was a really a nightmare to work with. Yeah, and 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 the drinking. I mean, yeah, we know the yeah. drinking was just. I don't want to say paramount in his life, but it was a yeah. huge, huge deal to him. I mean, he was a let's say terrible alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way <laughs> I've understood it, and, and can be downright abusive the way oh, I understand. Really? Like you know, I've heard stuff from his wife too, saying that you know, and 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 we're not excusing it in any no, way, no, but no, we no. are saying that a lot of people, and and you and I, and Scott, and Mike, and all have talked about you know how very talented people have these very tortured minds absolutely and man. whether it's they're trying to you know uh kill it with drugs or alcohol right. they are the ones that are having to deal with all these thoughts in their yeah. head and and it's just the you know part of their unfortunate personality part yeah. and you, you know man mike me and you just talked about it a couple of weeks ago about artists in right. general and how you know they I think I, we were talking about the thing actually. Yes. I, I believe that was that that, that was episode. a great episode, guys. Thank you. I thank love you, that man. movie yeah. too, dude. I, like I said, I just watched it for yeah. the first time and I was blown oh, away. Oh, it, it was a great. Hey, yeah. I, I, I saw it at the theater. Up wow! Here, first yeah. run. Wayne, wow. I, you're telling how old y'all here, brother. You putting your age out there yeah. now? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was I was a wow. child at the time. Uh, I, I was uh, yet to be conceived. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I, I drove up there illegally. <laughs> <laughs> You're too old to be driving. No. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 now. hey. <laughs> wait a minute. But uh, I would I, love to have seen that on the big screen. I would. It was oh. awesome. I wish they'd re-release that. Yeah. Honestly, it was so funny. The uh, uh, Kurt Russell character, McCready, right. uh, the way he looked at that particular with the beard and the hair. I had a buddy named Bob. Look, just like, like him, him, I swear. Right. And if he'd wow. had that big hat, I said, I said, Bob, I'm going to get you a big hat like that, just, just because you, you need to look like McCready. You can yeah. take him around with yeah. you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like I say, it, it, talking about artists and the thing and stuff like right. that, it, you can see the, uh, the way that some people have to deal with, I mean, they're creative, but they have to deal with their... Uh, other selves i guess yeah. you'd say yeah. and, and i've always said man to be a good horror writer like stephen king or or like john carpenter you know with the directing and stuff man i mean you're, you're definitely thinking differently than, right. than than the normal average everyday right. person right. i mean and uh yeah it's there, there's definitely that balance of interacting with people and also being your creative self because i right. don't see how those both can really coexist without drugs or alcohol i mean it yeah, makes right. sense it yeah. really does make sense that you gotta i guess you gotta numb your yourself like you were just saying right man, you know mm -hmm. you gotta gotta numb those thoughts and uh, i guess man i'm, I'm kind of talking in circles here too but uh, no, i mean you know and, and we've talked about this before about artists and their albums and we'll, we're going to talk about this some more um their music seems to be better or, or more driven more passionate when there is that alcohol oh, or and drugs. drugs yeah involved absolutely i don't care what anybody says man when they get clean they're out and the music oh. sucks man <laughs> i mean it really it really does it really does and, man. and a, an artist who's on their way up 
who's struggling is yeah. so it's much better, better than yeah. the established right. and you know i've got cash exactly. and i can buy whatever yes. i want to now right yes and i also do i think it's a pendulum though because i think it can also swing back yes, you know absolutely. let's look at ozzy you know oh, yeah with yeah. sabbath calls you know I, I actually today we i want to talk a little bit about debut albums today. right right and and i got a reason for that and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute but even as you saw like sabbath for instance yes as his drug and alcohol problems got worse the music did start suffering there toward the end well there's there's like you say, there's a fine line, and and yeah. the alcohol can either propel you or it can drag you down. It can drag you down, yes. and I think the fame comes along with that too, Wayne. Like you were just saying, right. I, I think when you add that superstardom with the drugs and alcohol, then is when it can suffer. In other words, man, when you're on the way up using the drugs and alcohol, well, you're still struggling, man. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You still yeah. have that that passion. But I think once you start getting burned out, because you got to get burned out. Well, there's the old saying, you know, that you only get a pearl from an oyster if it's got sand in it. Amen. Amen. And the irritation that the, or the the drive, the, the pain drives you. And and, yeah. and you're either you're, you're either trying to prove it to yourself, you're trying to prove it to your family, yes, or you're sir. trying to prove it to your ex girlfriend. Yeah. You right. have got yeah. to you've got to push forward. And then once you've done that, you have to. And and some artists can do it. Look to a new motivator right something right, that will right. keep you on that i mean there are a lot of artists that can do it i mean yeah to uh, uh to a degree springsteen has done I, I was just going to bring up bruce springsteen right. i think that's yeah. a prime example because uh, and i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know when he was in his prime do you know how many movie offers he got i'm sure man. and he turned them all down because right. he basically said i'm not an actor right right, right. and, and, and there are there are artists out there who do acting now and and i think it and you know Far be it for me to judge. I think it diminishes their music. I really do. Yeah, I, I think it depends, but I think overall, I, I, I tend to agree. Except if we're talking about Ozzy when he was in Trick or Treat. Now, well, uh, that's, that's a whole that's other a issue. Different story. There. We're talking Ozzy here. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different character yeah. in itself. But you know? uh, I, and and like I say, I think that that the uh, uh, <laughs> I think that the, uh, uh, the 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 artist in themselves, you know, and like you said. When and and we can think about some of the best debut albums, like you were saying, and uh, what makes people, you know, put everything into that one album? It's their one shot. It's they, their shot. It's that they've right. got everything. Yeah. They they throw it all against it and they see what sticks. Yeah, yeah. And, and and one of the reasons that I had that thought just yesterday because I was working on some of the artwork and I was like, well, you know, how many more Warren Zevon pictures are out there? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I haven't done his first album cover yet. Right. So I I pulled it up and it looks really cool in the artwork. I'm like, well, yeah. hey man, maybe we should just because I know the last right. Zevon show we had his live album. We talked about right. live albums and that's uh -huh. still a good one. I, I thought that was a really yeah. great episode and that's a great album and uh so i was like hey let's just talk about some debut albums i mean right. yeah so michael i'm gonna start with you brother what what's some of your favorite debut albums i mean i think it goes without saying you already mentioned it black sabbath first debut black sabbath. Album. absolutely awesome. i mean that hit hard hard <laughs> nobody <laughs> ever heard anything like that no but not my favorite sabbath album really it's really in fact to be honest with you and i'm gonna probably cause a little controversy here it's probably my least favorite of those first six wow. albums okay it really is um i don't know why man that album just doesn't speak to me like volume four or a uh, master reality is probably my favorite Sabbath really? album and that was the third album but the first one man i don't know it's but it's but it's uh, it's innovative it's just so much doom it's very doom and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It like it's it was, scary. It was like somebody opened up the gates of hell and released this album. The the first song on that Black Sabbath is a scary, scary song. Yeah, 
In fact, I believe that that uh, what's it called, the Devil's Tritone or something. Mm-hmm. That that thing that's played was actually banned, like in medieval times, because right. they said it summoned demons. Right. And that's how they open up their album. Uh, once again, man, not my favorite Sabbath album, but I think as far as a debut goes, yeah. to just hit the ground running, like, oh, okay, yeah. we're changing. I mean, and that came out in 1970, dude. Yes. Right. Early 1970. Right. Yes. Nothing like that had been no. out. And uh, But, you know, Coven actually come out around the same time. They actually had an Ozzy Osbourne in their band as well. I think right. it was the bass player. But, dude, you can't even compare. No. I mean, because no. Coven tried to have that evil. Right. Uh, or, or mystic, occultish type vibe too, but man, the music itself was not even remotely no. close to Sabbath. And no. uh, but nah, Mike, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you as far as the debut and change. Dude, Sabbath changed everything. Yes, they changed the whole game, man. They changed yeah. what I mean. They created genres, not right. a genre, yeah. genres, the genres. And still to this day, I can put on Sabbath and. I mean, like I said, I put on Masters of Reality right yeah. now. Man. I mean, you look at hard rock, you look at heavy metal, you look at doom metal, doom metal you yeah. look at goth metal. Grunge. Uh, grunge. Yeah. It all stems Punk. from. Yeah. It all stems from Sabbath. Sabbath, man. Sabbath was yeah. a seed, you know. Wayne, what about you? What's some of your, what, what's a debut album that really comes to mind for you? Well, like you said, the, the debut album of Orange was not spectacular but it was good it I was mean, very there, good there's some great songs on that and, and 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 but the thing of it was i don't think he had really decided which way he was going to go yeah yeah i yeah. mean this is a guy who played with the righteous brothers and he also did some folk music which <laughs> it, i still find hard to believe yeah but it was good stuff yeah man. but then you know when uh you think about something like a debut album you think about the uh, uh rolling stones yeah, yeah. oh man that yeah. And, and and like you say, it, it was like an Aussie thing because it was taking it into a new direction. Completely different. I love man. the Beatles, and I I have oh, yeah. I have the Beatles album. I think it's good. It's I okay. really do. But when the Stones came along, yeah. it's like somebody. There's a comedian on the television. He said one time, he said the Beatles are the supposedly the epitome of success in rock and roll. He said. But if you want to know the truth, he said the Rolling Stones are the Beatles of rock and roll. Right. Rock and roll, man, because right. they are they are so deep and talented in that. Yeah. And and you know Mick and the boys and all that. I mean, there was their their debut album was just incredible to me. Yes. But then again, you think about something like I don't know uh, if you've uh, can remember uh, like boston's first album. I, i'm actually going to bring up boston i'm yeah. going to bring up that album because that was an eye-opener right there. yes i mean that to me was yeah. a great album what i what i found really cool about that is even in the liner notes they say in the liner notes that hey this is our first album right like they knew that they had something special right. and I, i'm right. a boston fan i mean to me boston is classic rock and you guys will you have know. to forgive me because my brain is not working i can't come up with that right now i'm just brother you might I be can, in the wrong place I'm rem, i remember i remember the i remember the album i'm sitting there going what in the hell was that name and, but you know, like i say i can remember the albums and the and the, the, the how i felt the jackson brown debut album yeah now i'm not familiar I'm that's not, a good one i right. mean and and brown has like i say we've, we've talked about the fact that he influenced warren so much because he was despite all his problems was professional in the studio and that's what brought you know warren around basically and i think that you know and linda ronstadt you know when she got warren up and going you know 
she was able to help him more, I think, because of her star status. Sure, right. She already had that name out exactly. there. Exactly. Right. And and you you think about somebody like her who just was a great singer and a great personality on stage. She was so pretty that oh, yeah. that people just you know if she said you know hey try this guy Warren hey we will yeah I mean that that's the thing like that. But you look at something like uh, with uh, Jackson Brown and you look at the, uh, like the the Stones CCR CCR is a great example man yes yes absolutely I mean it's just like I say when you can hear the first time off of them and you say like you say they've changed the game yes they, or they've they've upped the game they upped it they leveled yeah. it up right that's when you know you've got some great debut albums of people a lot of people don't fall into that uh, uh, what they call the sophomore slump their second album yeah exactly going. Just going straight to, to you know, the bargain Yeah, bins. I was going to say the $5 bin, yeah. you know. Right, well, the right. 99 cent yeah. bin now. Well, know. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, it's, like I say, I think that uh, a lot of people will put a lot of uh, their uh, heart and soul into a particular first album. Right. And I think that's when you get some of the truest forms of their, their music and stuff. Because I think you, you hit on it a little earlier, Wayne, you know, because to a lot of these bands, it's like, hey, this is all or nothing. If we don't hit it out of the park, right. we may not have that second album. They may drop us. Which in the early days, I think it was more prevalent than it is now because yeah, now yeah. they can produce their own content and sell yeah. it themselves. Themselves, right. This is a whole new era, and I don't think many people have taken advantage of it as they should. As they should be. You know, man, when I think of debut albums, I have a few that come to mind. You know, obviously, you brought up Boston. I was wanting to bring up Boston as well. Right. You know, because um, to me, like I said, when I hear Boston, I just think classic rock. I mean, that is right. classic rock radio. I mean, More Than a Feeling, Amanda, um, which wasn't on the debut album, but um, Long Time, you know, was on there. But I'll tell you a couple more bands that I really uh, put out there. One is, is, and I'm a huge Leonard Skinner fan, pronounced mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner. Right. Man, that has Simple Man, Free Bird, Tuesday is Gone. I mean, that is almost a greatest hits album yeah, in itself. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, really. It really is. And, yeah. and you you know, you talk about going all or nothing. That was exactly where these guys were because they came up dirt poor, brother. I right. mean, they came off the street. Right. And that's why I think that reflected hard in their music, especially their debut album. Right. That, that you know, because they'll tell you straight up, man, they were from the, you know, shantytown, as they called it. Right. Um, you know, another band, though, you know, I got to bring up when I talk about debut albums that's almost the greatest hits album, another one of my my big three, and that's Van Halen's first right. album. Yep. Van Halen. Dude, yep. I mean, come yep. on, man. Jamie's Crying, uh, Eruption. Could you imagine listening to Eruption when that album first came out for the first time? Could you? Mind blowing. Mind blowing, brother. It is. Absolutely. It's first what, time I heard it, it was, it was just. Yeah. Like, what is this? My God. God. What is this? I mean, is that a guitar? I mean, wow! And I heard it on the radio, and people had already played it out by the yeah. time I heard it. Can you imagine going to the to the record store back yeah. in 1978? People, 1978. Yeah, and being like, "Hey, well, Van Halen, what's this?" And you hear, "Yeah," uh, oh. and it, it starts off with "Running with the Devil." I mean, yeah. man, that come on, yeah. dude! It's a great album. It, it really is. Once again, and I'm gonna tell you another band's debut album that I definitely think we'd be remiss if we don't bring them up. Pearl Jam. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude, Pearl right. Jam's first yeah, album. We've, we've talked about the 10 album so much and, and what it meant, but that debut was... Mom, once again, man, it was mind-blowing. It, it, it was so huge at that time. And it was such a... Again, it was a game-changer. It you was. Know, it changed the whole 
landscape of, of music at, at at that era, right. at, at that point, uh, where it went away from the commercialism. Yes. Um, and you know your 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 um, what do we call it? Hair hair metal. Your hair, your, glam metal, your, uh, like was, Poison Warrant yeah. and all these bands. It, it was Bon Jovi, but it, <laughs> but you know even after that fact, it, it was more. Um, it was more pop hair metal. You're right, correct, right, absolutely, man. A lot of power ballads were yes. out, which I love. Power yeah. ballads. I had Trickster. Power. I know you're a huge <laughs> fan. <laughs> we'll probably talk about the debut of Trickster. Don't, don't, man. You, you know, man, that that's that's wrong, bro. So <laughs> that's anyway. really wrong of you. You and your firehouse. So, you know, so, no, I know you, you and your firehouse. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Anybody, see, anybody going to mention rat? I have seen. Hey, I love rat now. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Easy on rat. I've seen seen your Facebook post. I know. Hey, I've seen your power ballad. I post. love power ballads. I know your playlist. I love it, man. And come I on. I know Firehouse Heaven. is on there. Come on, man. That's good stuff. I know it. So don't tell me about no Don't trickster. treat me bad. Don't tell me come about on, no man. Slaughter or no. Fly to the angels. Come on, man. <laughs> no Firehouse. Oh, Nothing. Firehouse was off the chain, bro. Oh, hey, I like that uh, music. I do but like that music. Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> that TM wiped away did. that that nastiness of what was happening <laughs> at that time. <laughs> it was like the dry erase. It wiped, it wiped up the shit. The man. nastiness. <laughs> I like the that one. Yeah. Dude, like some of that, that music's one. okay, man. Come on now. But no, I do agree, man. And, and you know, dude, you had Nirvana and you had Soundgarden. You had these bands too, but their debuts... Even though Soundgarden's debut was Mad Bad Motor for no, was no. It? no, there was an album before that <sighs> yeah, that didn't hit on as much. Right. Nirvana's debut, Bleach. Bleach, Bleach, I think was a much better album than Nevermind. I was, I was me just, personally, right. As right. far as I the numbers wise, yeah. I can see that because yeah. that the Bleach had some, I, again, like you say, it was to me. The first Nirvana album with Bleach was just like okay, this is new. Yeah, more more punk kind of oriented. But too, like I said, he you know you could and and I hate to use this word because it's overused, but it's angst in yeah, there. Well, yeah. yeah, but no, that's the truth. And that's yeah. that's what you got to have for some of that yeah. kind of music, sure. especially grunge music. You sure. got to have angst. Absolutely. All right, let's go travel backwards. Two debut albums. I think you need to talk about one being Kiss. Yeah, yes. yeah, man. I mean, how can you not? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely I mean, brother. Yeah, out the gate, that's whole, holy crap. Yeah, man, you're right. These guys are kiss, and it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Once again, kind of a game changer, yeah. man. It is. You yeah. know, it really was. It was. Yeah. It really was. You know, even for what it became later on, later right, on, right. You know, but that debut, that that first initial out, and even into more albums afterwards. But that initial out was like, oh god, almost know, the greatest is, hits. Wow, this is this is heavy stuff. This is Different. crazy. This is scary. This is cool. Yeah, and it's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. How many how many of the uh, albums that you like you say you talk about that are our debut that do, that do end up being like a greatest hit yeah. song? Right. Because yeah. like we said, that's what they're putting their best effort into. They're they're saying this is this is our back then. This is our shot. This yeah, is our right. only shot. And, and you're also thinking about these bands that have probably been playing the club scene and been rehearsing uh-huh. for years. So how they, many? How many know. do you think just do that? Travel, hit, road, road, yes. road, road, play, play. And you know they said that about Sabbath. They said they recorded that album in a day, All and right. everybody's like, you know, because it sounds almost mystical in a way. They made this whole album in a day, but Ozzy will be like, well, man, we've been playing these songs for years on All the right. road. Exactly. He's you, like, we knew them right. when we went in. Yeah, it's you, not don't like, wanna, you, you don't want to. You don't want to burn yeah. it up on more more than one take, and and. 
and exactly. and and when you get it right, you get it right. You get it yeah. right. You yeah. know. And I, I tell you, man, I, I almost an entire genre because once again, man, I've got to bring this up as far as debut albums go. A lot of hip hop artists that came out, their first albums were off the charts, man. I look at oh, NWA yeah. straight out of Compton, yes. right? Um, you know, you can look at Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Right. That was his first. Now, granted, man, now Dr. Dre was in NWA. But I just I do want to. It's like saying you know Ozzy's debut album. Yeah, man, which right. was which was right. a, a knockout of the park, yes. man. Blizzard of Oz, coming out of Sabbath. You know, same thing. Even Snoop Dogg, which once again kind of coming off the Chronic. Yes. Wu Tang Clan. I yes. mean, you know, like right. I said, man, I'm a huge fan of that genre, and I mean, these are really, to me, the, the NWA straight out of Compton changed has as Black Sabbath changed music and metal. And, and rock and roll right overall nwa did the same thing with hip-hop and then i think even into popular music because i want to ask you guys what you think about this theory because you know before hip-hop especially dr dre the chronic really and, and snoop dogg's uh, doggy style album really kind of escalated this but to me pop music was always more rock and roll based Throughout yes. the 70s and 80s, even yeah. into yeah. the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. But I think after The Chronic came out, especially The Chronic, it started becoming more hip-hop based. Yes. Okay. Do, do you guys agree with that I statement? Can see, I, can see the, I can see your yeah. your logic there because I think it is that way. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with, once again, man, I take it back to straight out of Compton. Now, NWA had released an EP, so I don't really count the EPs, you know what I'm saying, because that can even be kind of looked at the demos right. and stuff like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, but if this, you want to go back to hip-hop, do you remember Two Live Crew? Two, oh, oh, my God, man, that's as they want to be. Right. Brother, Wow. that's a good call, Wayne, because you want to talk about changing, because that when, was out before NWA. Yeah. When we were playing that in the store, we had to be careful to play that in the store. <laughs> but when we were playing that in the store, yeah. we'd just sit there and look at each other like going, holy Moses. How are they doing this? Right. And yeah. Well, they got yeah. banned. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were been the first oh, yeah. music group to really be banned like that. But the thing of it was is, again, like I say, we go back to, I got nothing to lose. This is my shot. Amen. And they throw yeah. it all out there. This is And and another way is trying to say, this is who I am or yeah. who we are. Who we are. Yeah. And, and I think that was, to me, that Two Live Crew was no better introduction to, this is who we are, people. And, and, and now the whole game is about to change. Yep. Exactly. Because, you know, Two Live Crew were more about, you know, they were more dirty. They were more sexual, you uh-huh. know. I, yeah. Uh, me so horny and, and you know, all and, these others. And it was songs, like, you know. and, and despite what we think about, they, those they were young guys. Oh, absolutely, oh, man. And they, yeah. and they, and what do young guys think about? They think about sex, that's, 100%. And that's it. You and, ever, did you ever see the live shows? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, they would straight up get blowjobs and shit on, on stage, stage. On stage. Straight up, man. Yeah. And, I mean, they would bring girls out from the crowd and they would. Yeah. And then, right, and, there. right then and there. And, and, but like I say, that's that got wow. part of the show business but i think the the music got kind of lost with them i think right, and i think right. it does with a lot of them right you talked about kiss earlier mm-hmm. kiss was music but yeah, they yes. had stage presence but then they got showbiz and then yeah. they got and i hate to say it, yeah i hate to say it like it's a dirty word but showbiz is uh, a dirty word I, hey you know i think even ozzy went that route <laughs> later on you know what i'm saying i mean it took him a while and even definitely s- in those 90s in the nine well, that's what i was yeah, kind of talking about like, we discussed yeah. that one time when i first got here yeah. with the fact that ozzy became a punchline he did and, and, and it was so sad because it was ozzy for god's yeah. sakes yeah. and i mean you know but you know dude another band kind of to stare it out of the hip-hop direction but you know you do gotta I especially think in that era, man, most of those debut albums were hits. And in fact, a lot of those second albums that would come out, 
didn't fare quite as right. well. Right. You know, okay. Snoop Dogg never really followed up with. Not really, man. Never. Uh, yeah. y- y- no. He uh, became a caricature like a lot of them do. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I mean, he's still got some talent and he's still done some stuff oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, dude, he, he's an icon at this yeah. But he has man. not yeah. really, to me, ever uh, came back up to the, no, you know, doggy no. style and, and just never did. Or, you know, what was it, 187? Yeah. Well, that, that was. Murder, uh, murder was the case that they gave. Yeah, murder, which that was a good, but that was a yeah. soundtrack. Right. That, that was more of a various right. artist, you know. And, and I like I say, I, I just wish that, you know, you could they could just sort of keep that spirit of uh you know, you know, angst going and I can't right. use the word again, damn but, it. but but no, man, but it absolutely fits for hip hop, especially. Because, right. yeah. you know, when NWA came out with Straight Out of Compton, they took that sort of freedom of speech and freedom to say what you want. And took it from the sexual viewpoint, which don't get me wrong, Easy was very dirty, man. He was right on par with Two Live Crew and Luke and all those guys. Yeah. But they took it more to the streets, you yeah. know. They were talking about yeah. like fuck the police, you right? Know? All these other That's things. Right. I mean, they were talking about stuff, man. That kind of like Sabbath would scare you uh-huh. with sort of the occult, you know, even Satanism right. type themes. NWA would scare you with because realism. Yeah, man. The first time I heard that song, Mr. Crowley. Yes, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. God. yeah. One of the best guitar solos of all For time sure. is in that song. I mean, Randy, really. The great Randy Rhodes. Yeah. Well, keeping it in the spirit of angst, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine debut. Thank you. I was going to ask you, Mike, to maybe give your take on some of the industrial that's, right. that's stuff. That's great. That would be that would be high on the list and i think that was sure. so different man. i think Reznor's one of the few that has not fallen into that you know showbiz bullshit yeah right. yeah yeah because yeah. he, he's definitely kept it real exactly and and it's not something that i think he sort of consciously does i think that's just who he is who he is right. man and i i agree that's an awesome album yeah and it was different i remember the first time i heard head like a hole that was the first song right it was because it's an mtv song yeah I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Once again, man, it didn't necessarily scare me like Sabbath and no. NWA did, but it was definitely like, this is new, and I, I like yeah. this, man. This yeah. is, but it's different. Yeah. It's good. It was it's really good. good. Yeah, and that was the thing, but once again, that angst. You right. got you got to have that, brother, because that's what I loved about industrial music. It was so angry and hard yeah. and heavy because a lot of those bands really did, like Metallica, for instance. Right. You know, I love Metallica, but man, I'll, I'll hold to my point. I think Metallica released two great albums, and that was Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning. Right. Yeah. Uh, Kill 'em All was good. I like Kill 'em All. Uh, yeah. To but, me, it's not my favorite. But no, mine either, not, man. It's no, my, it's my third. Close. It's my third yep. favorite. Yeah. Well, fourth, maybe after Injustice for All. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I don't like Injustice for All because of the lack of bass, but I love yeah. and hate it. I love right, hate right, it. Right, right. Because I do love it, but I. Yeah. Megadeth's debut album not good not that good man no no they had to kind of find their you know Peace Sales comes out right after it Peace Sales is a masterpiece incredible I love Peace Sales brother and the thing about that was like you say a lot of these guys that do put all their best on their first one sometimes like you say they haven't found themselves you're right they gotta find themselves yeah and I think that's one thing that the record companies have really maybe dropped the ball on here you know in the last 20 plus years because I was watching, I believe it was David Byrne. Is that his name from from yeah, uh, Talking Heads? Yeah, and he awesome was, guy. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was talking about that. He was like, you know, when we first got signed, our first couple albums weren't that great. But the record companies took a risk with us. Right. right. They saw that potential, so they let us come into our own. And now, man, if you don't drop a hit right off the bat, oh, I know, you're out of here. And it's like I say, the world is is just too focused on that. And and yep. and I've 
I've talked about this with Jason before about business and general are too quick with the let's get it now. Don't plan for the future. Let's right. get it now. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. you cannot you can look at somebody who says, "Man, he's got a lot of talent. I bet he could bring us a couple of hits over the years." Yes. Right. And not worry about, well, he's gone a week and hadn't had a hit. Yeah, let's cut him. Yeah. Let's get him exactly. out of here. Yeah. You know what? To kind of speak on that point, and even kind of going back. Now, this was back in the early '90s, but kind of go back into the hip hop. I was watching the Wu Tang TV show right. that was out on Amazon. I think I think it's a great show, man. I love this. I show. haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it, it is really good, in my opinion. I think it's some mixed reviews on it, but uh, I didn't know this. The RZA, who was basically the mastermind of Wu Tang, mm-hmm. he is the producer. Uh, just, and a musical man. This guy, as far as that genre goes, there's none better than RZA. There really isn't. But I didn't know this, man. He was actually Prince Rakim, and he had a one-hit wonder. Yep. I did not know that, man. Uh-huh. I remember that song, but I did not uh, <laughs> yeah. connect it, man. Yep. But he got dropped from, I believe it was Tommy Boy Records. I think it was Tommy Boy that, t- that he was, was on. But here's the thing, man, kind of going into that aspect. Uh-huh. If they would have kept the RZA and let him be him, and Wu-Tang could have got on Tommy Boy, we might be having a whole new conversation true. right now. That's they true. dropped him because they that hit didn't get over, didn't make yeah. the money. Granted, this was back in in that time, but really those nineties is when that kind of started happening. Right, you know, you kind of started seeing the transition from yeah. the seventies and eighties. Yeah, because if eighties Dr. Dre. <laughs> dude, dude, with the with the Wrecking Crew, man, the one that Easy E makes fun of, and <laughs> dude, yeah. Yeah, man, he 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 was wearing lipstick, man. Even Easy says in real mother puckin' G, real mother puckin' yeah. G. Yeah, that I'll, that'll always be that song for yeah. me. Now, yeah. I, I can't yeah. I can't help yeah. it either. Yeah, it's just so funny, man. <laughs> for anybody who's not familiar, man, me and Wayne and Mike, we had a show a while back, and let, let's just tell that story real quick again. Please. I was I was working in Discworks one day, and they had the album out like that, and they spelled motherfucking G with a M U T. P H I K I N Yeah, yeah. G. Yeah. And the little kid picked it up and looked at me, walked over, he says, Hey man, what's a real mutt be hucking G? <laughs> and I just lost myself laughing. And I didn't want to laugh at the little no, kid. Right, right. But I mean it was just so daggum funny. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. kid, I said, You are a genius. You're, yeah, yeah. You're we're gonna see you on Jeopardy yep, one day. One of these days you will be on Jeopardy. <laughs> so, yeah. Man, ever since then that song, which I love that song. Yeah. Uh, real m- mother mutty hucking G, yeah. and I, I still I, myself, I, I'll be driving down the road and I say, "You mutty hucker, get out yeah, of my yeah, way!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely made that impact, man. But it, it's just like say it was one of those things that just come up and you just it sticks with it you. It sticks man. with you yeah. through the years. You can't help it. But on that track, you know, Easy talks about 1980s Dr. Dre's, like you switch real quick from sucking on chronic and big dicks <laughs> to wearing lipstick and all this yeah. shit, man. These, these guys, they, they fought in their music. Yeah. But they, yes, yes, man. Yeah. And that was the thing about uh, those kind of beef and, and those um, right. diss tracks. Yeah. The only bad thing about it, man, it's there for life. Yeah. You know, but you know, a lot of the rappers. Even in the, the movie Straight Outta Compton, you know, when Ice Cube dropped the greatest disc track of all time, No Vaseline, on NWA. Right. If anybody's out there not heard it, man, it is the disc track it's of all amazing. disc tracks. Yeah. But even they were able to come back from that. And he's just like, look, it's just a disc track. But Jerry Keller, you know, he didn't like it. He no. was yeah. very upset. But yeah. he's like, it's just a disc track. Yeah. But then again, man, we see how disc tracks worked with Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac, uh, you know. Yeah. 
Another I, great debut was was uh, Ready to Die, right? Yeah. From the Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. That one, uh, Tupacalypse was a good album. It wasn't his best, but no, you know, Tupac was great. Though I love Tupac, yeah. but man, that first one from Notorious B.I.G. Once again, man, it changed the game. It really both, did. Both man. Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. are those two that you know could have been that that we sit there and think about yeah, all the man. time. I mean, it's like if you want to go way back, it's like a Buddy Holly. You know? Yeah. I mean, oh, think about them. Yeah. Think about these guys, and and you know they both. I mean, Holly, you know, was an accident, and theirs was even more tragic because yeah, of sure. a, a homicide. But right. and and you can't you can't think about so many people that have just you know, uh, you know, not been able to see their potential, but you yeah. you can see it there. I mean, I mean, yeah. I I don't know if they could ever have done better than what they did. I mean, that could have just been their peak. It could have been, or they could have went on. I, I I think that they could I I'm, I I stick with the fact that I think if Tupac and B.I.G. would have lived, I think the whole hip hop game would be complete because it sucks now. I don't care, man. I know I'm old. I know I'm jaded. I know I'm stuck in my ways, <laughs> man. I get that. We all are. But I'm telling you now, man. You listen to some of this crap that's out on hip hop now, I like the Post Malone. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, man. Hey. L- little pump. Hey, no, man. man. No. And I've tried, man. I- I'm like, I don't want to be out of the loop. I want to see it. Don't hit me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Daddy. It got, got, got serious, man. I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> oh man, shit got real. It got real, man. It got real. No, man. And I and I, and I don't want to be that old jaded guy because I have tried right. to check out some yeah. of the stuff. And I'm telling you, Brand. After they got killed, tragically died, and got their lives cut short, the the whole game. I think, man, people got scared. I'm gonna be completely it. honest with you. I think a lot of rappers, were like, a lot of people, yeah. And yeah. I think it took away. The one thing about hip hop music that I always stick to, man, it was real, like country, yeah. like right. good country right. music. Good country right. music. Everybody always wonders, yeah. man, why I always say good hip hop and good country are so similar. Like, man, it's completely opposite spectrums of music. Right. But that realness factor, yeah, is what it's what yeah. makes it similar, man. It's about yeah. what's going on in your heart and exactly. soul, man. You know, your wife leaves, you get drunk, your 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 mom gets run over by a train. You know, right. all these things. Well, man, same thing going on well, in the ghettos and stuff with right. what they're seeing. Like, well, fuck the police. You know. Oh, well, let's talk about Eminem's debut album. Yes. Yeah, man. I mean, that yes. was a great album, yeah. dude. The Marshall Mathers. Like really? I I did not like that first album. Really, man. I, I thought it was it was the okay. second I album. I thought it was really good. I man. thought it was okay, the and 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 it was a good introduction. But I didn't yes. like he, like he says. I didn't right. think it was that good. The no. Marshall Mathers Mathers album. Yeah, no, really. I, didn't. I, I was I, not I did, a fan man. of it. I, Still I, not. I, I, that I second album. What was Eclipse it? Which one was the second one again? Yeah, he did Marshall Weather. Oh God, um, wasn't it? You know, um, the Mar- without me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't on the. That was the second album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. Our yeah. Wilson page. Okay, that was yeah, yeah. yeah. That Eclipse. That first album. I thought completely. that was a good album too. I thought the first album was on par, man. If not a little bit better. I, I thought he, he he really found himself. I think he went from okay. Uh, Dre and everybody's kind of a little ribbon, you know. He's a white dude. I was right there him. with him too, guys. Yeah, I was we're the gonna same give way. This, we're going to give him this album. It's going to be a little silly. Yeah, okay. it's a rib. But but Doctor Dre's on it though. Yeah, you know, he so is. Right there gave he it is. credibility. Well, yeah. but that second album, that was him. I, I can see where you're going. He got man. away from that kind of that silly. Hi, my name is Hi. My yeah, name is yeah, 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 yeah. I like that man i thought it was a good hook man i, I always like that you I, know. I, I think i think he he talks you speak more for what i feel about it because right. like i say i think the second album definitely was more of his point of view more of his 
actual talent. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like you say, when Dre and him were, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, tr- be, trying to be influenced by Dre, I don't think he could be. I mean, I, I think he could, but I don't think it was like a good influence as far as the way his music went. Right. Like I said, I think that first album was really good. Um, but now I want to switch genres back into hard rock for a little bit. Let's do. Because there's two bands that I still want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the second of the two. You know, okay. the, the first one being the, the number one of the number ones, if not the number one. Skid Row, man. Yeah. I thought that Skid Row debut. That was a great debut. Song yeah. for song, brother. Yeah. That, that that was good. Solid. It's solid, brother. Yeah. I listened to a lot of that album. I mean, yeah. I listened to that. It's yeah. definitely on my playlist. Right. Let's put it like that. Every song. Yeah. I'm not a big Skid Row fan, but I see what you're saying. That's a good. That's a good first album a, and a good, good introduction to the group. Very yeah. yes, man. I think the same thing happened with them. I love the album. Um. I think it was a great debut album. It was definitely a pop metal album. I did say, I disagree sure. with that, Mike. I, I think will say they, it was because it was definitely an MTV album. I, yeah. I, their second album was their grow up. Was album. heavy as hell, man. That was that was an incredible. Slave album. Slave to the Grind is heavy. I as like hell, that term, yeah. pop metal. That that is MTV metal. I don't, MTV metal. I that's don't a good one. necessarily agree. Now, now I remember you I, absolutely, absolutely. But the rest of that album, man, it's it's heavy as hell, brother. I mean, it, it, it's heavy in a pop metal sense I, uh, now now I remember you I, absolutely yeah. that that was okay we gotta have an you MTV go song I, ooh, okay uh, <laughs> yeah but you also had big well that that was never on the MTV no but uh, in 18 in life yeah shut up Mike <laughs> <laughs> but now I will agree 100 whole, now I still love that album man every song right, I, it's right. a masterpiece yeah. I wholeheartedly agree though Slave to the Grind that is a heavy fucking album. I can right. cuss again, man. Right. That is a heavy fucking yeah. album. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, Monkey Business, Slave to the Grind, even Quit Saying Jesus, which was probably their oh their ballad yeah. on there, was still heavy as <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, what, yeah. Waste, wasted time. Wasted time was kind wasted of their was, was their ballad off of that, and that was sure. still heavy as shit. It was orchestrated. I mean, that whole album was just composed and it was it was put together in such. Uh, 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 an organic they grew they grew so they, they much did. from that that first album to that album and, and it's just it's amazing and i think also guys I but they couldn't you. recapture that afterwards no no well you know sebastian bach left it's the band in right, the bottle sure, thereafter yeah. man yeah. it really was and i think sure. a lot of that has to do with metallica guys because that's really when metallica started coming up mm-hmm. and i think they're like hey man a really heavy heavy band can become mainstream right and i think skid row took some of that metallica influence for Slave to the Grind, and I think Slave to the Grind, dude, I, I'll, I'll say those two albums are on par for me, man. I love them both for slightly I, different I reasons. I don't think it's a. I, I didn't think Slave to the Grind was a poppy album. It wasn't. No, yeah. I, I agree. I think it was a straight up. Like I said, Waste of Time was probably the closest to mm-hmm. a pop song on there, and it was heavy as shit. Quit oh, saying yeah, Jesus yeah. was heavy as shit. Yeah, which I think was almost like their. Um, kind of like their eighteen in life, maybe. Yeah. You know, not yeah. necessarily a ballad, but definitely more. Right radio friendly right more radio friendly and more of i don't want to use the sort of sappy term a message song sure but it, it had it had words in it that you could sort of oh okay yeah, I, I see what right. they're saying it, it was kind right. of for the let's just put it out there it's kind of for the chicks exactly yeah. it, it, i mean it is what it is man hey, i got nothing against that i ain't neither yeah. brother and and the other band that we man how can we go talking about debut albums without talking about appetite for destruction there you go wow 
I mean, come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. There you I go. mean, that right there. <laughs> well, I mean, what else to say, man? What else to say? With 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 uh, Guns and Roses, that was just you sit there and you say, "Holy crap. holy shit, man!" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that coming out uh, at that time was just pure rock and roll yeah man coming back that's exactly what it was pure rock and and roll and it had that heavy influence it was hard rock it wasn't makeup it wasn't theater it wasn't glam even though Axl Rose's hair in that uh, in Welcome to the Jungle video he he helped kill some of the ozone just in that video a little bit but he changed it up after that yeah Yeah, dude his hair was hot as shit I know (laughs) know. and I'm I'm wondering how much of that was studio (laughs) and how much of that was record label saying you know let's do this and and you you can't always judge you know by how much the the actual appearance of the band is right. based on you know what they are yeah. because there's very few new bands back in the day that would be able to stand up there as they were exactly man and, but but GNR was so good so quick they got to be themselves I mean really yeah. they 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 yeah. and and just you know just the power of it just yeah. the absolute the musicianship Dude, come on the singing man. i mean the vocals were just incredible the, the presence the different characters of the band slash axel duff come on I man mean, just yeah. incredible they were all their yeah. own individual yeah. and they were the i mean man when i first started listening to rock and roll music i always say that my two biggest influences were ozzy because yep. uh, and, and man, these albums run kind of side by side. Right. But I got into Ozzy first because of uh, the Road Warriors and wrestling. Man, that's what really turned me on to rock and roll music. And I'd already been listening to Skinner, but they were more on the Southern rock, you know. But I remember this uh, this girl I went to school with. Her name was Christy. Man, I've known her since seventh grade. She was like, "Hey, dude, have you heard Guns and Roses?" I'm like, "No." She was like, "Here, you can borrow my tape. You know, cassette tape. I was in seventh wow. grade." Hey. And I'm like, man, this album cover is cool as shit, man. The cross with uh-huh. the skulls on it. Dude, I'll never forget that first time I popped in my little jam box, had a little one-speaker boom box. Because whatever. you were cool. Because I was the yeah. coolest kid, yeah. you know, yeah. before the big stereo system. And I remember like, that dun, 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 that first little Welcome to the Jungle, I'm like, what is this? Oh, my God, man. And then that scream in the beginning. Oh, my God. Hooked. Yeah. Hooked. I've always said, man, they, they should have sold that album by the gram because it was more addictive than crack. <laughs> yeah, man. It was I mean, awesome. it was my first hit, brother. I was done. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of talking about the MTV songs, uh-huh. they had Sweet Child of Mine, which True. was for the women. Mm-hmm. But it was still, it's my least favorite Guns N' Roses song of all time. I'll that probably, Paradise I, City was my least favorite. I still love Paradise City. Really? Man. I still love Paradise City. Oh, yes. I, I get, I, I like Paradise I, City. I, 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 do. Can't, I can't help it. They're just, not say, it's just the silliness it's a, of it. And, and it's, it's a, a silly it's song. epic too man but it is epic but it's i mean i'm sitting here and i can't listen to it without sort of just going yeah it's got a little fun. bit of cheese on it but i like a little hey, bit of cheese man but i i can see what you're saying on that mike because it's 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 those two are the farthest away from what they i think they truly yeah, are yeah really agreed. but the, i like them both actually kind of yeah oh, I, 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 sweet child of mine eh, Paradise well, city i still I, I, if it came on the radio right now i'm turning it up yeah i remember when i got the the first single Guns N' Roses. Um, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Backed up with Mr. Brownstone. Mr. Brownstone. Uh, yeah. I heard Mr. Brown because I had heard 
you know, Welcome to the Jungle to Death. It was really oh, yeah, played. Yeah. It was video Is it movies? It's everything. Yeah. Isn't that uh, Dirty Harry movie? Oh, yeah. that With Jim Carrey? That was yeah. so silly. silly. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was man. so stupid. Dude, if you haven't seen that, go YouTube yeah. that. It, it's worth it. it. It's, it's so, so stupid. Worth it. <laughs> but Mr. Brownstone, I listened to Mr. Brownstone, and I was like, oh, my God. That one, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then hard. I got the album. And then I heard stuff like... Uh, it's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Queen. My favorite song on the album. Absolutely my favorite song. Absolutely best album. song on the album. My favorite song it's is Rocket Queen. Song, and, yeah. and it's a great one to end yeah. the album with. Right, yeah. exactly. My Michelle. Yeah. My Michelle was great. And all these subject matter, you know, we were talking about NWA and some of these hip hop genres, how they had dark subject matter. Brother, you didn't get much darker than my Michelle or right, Mr. Yeah. Brownstone. Right. Yeah. I mean, even it's so easy, man. There, there's, oh yeah. Which is one of the most rock and roll songs on uh-huh. the album, straight up rock and roll songs. Which but, man, is hard. Dark. Yeah, it's hard to be a have a good have, not have a good but have a message like that in a song and not make it sappy. And they did. Yeah, not. and they did it, man. And well, they did man. not. Or, or make it just sound doom and gloom as right, hell, man. Right. They kept it. I always said, guys, and I know, I think we've all talked about this uh, live performance they had on MTV from the Ritz, live right. in the Ritz. Brother, I will put that performance up with 1986, 87 Guns N' Roses. I will put that up against any band, any era, any right. time. Right. And I'm talking about Sabbath, Skinner, Van Halen. I mean, the mighty Van Halen. Yeah. I'll put that that line up at that time in life yeah. against anybody. Right. Brother, that energy. I just yeah. watched that concert uh, a couple months ago. I'll put it on periodically. Right. It's still, man. I mean, those guys were on it. Sometimes just watching an older concert of a band that you love, it just it really just brings out because the, the live version, the I mean, it's just sometimes it's just so incredible. Yes. So, sometimes it just it, it gives you that little bit of boost energy that yeah. you like. Yeah, yeah. And, and and when you can actually feel the energy of the band and the crowd come through the video, man, that's hard to top. Yeah. It is. That's hard, that's hard yeah. man. It really is. Yeah. Um, Man, I mean, where do we go after GNR, brother? <laughs> you know, guys, I know we, we... got to talk to about their counterparts, Motley Crue. Hey, man, I thought, uh, what was their first album, uh, Live? The Too one, Fast Too for Fast Love. for Love, man. I'm a, I mean, I love it, man. That was, I think, at their peak. See, now, I, I think yeah. Shout Out the Devil was the Shout Out the Devil was an incredible album. Uh, and it was much different from Too Fast for Love. It was, yeah. It was, uh, it was more polished. It was definitely, definitely more polished. Definitely. I like that raw uh, yeah, of yeah. the Motley Crue right. from Too Fast for Love. Like that, but from then on, it just seemed uh, poppier yeah. and poppier. That's Down that's the one. That's there. the one. It, that's the main issue I had with Motley Crue. wasn't a big fan, but they 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 wanted to be raw, but they just didn't want to go that far. Yeah, right, it right. was. It, th- Motley Crue they would really, run right up to the line they, they walked the line man. Yeah. they really did between glam metal and like just straight up hard heavy metal like right. a Metallica or GNR yeah it's like they but I love Motley Crue man and I loved them really man I love the stuff they put out recently I still think they can put some out some of their music, stuff man. recently is you know I've heard it I'm not like say I, I'm not gonna sit there and say oh that's awful I'm gonna say oh that's alright it, it's okay yeah it's I'm, not on my playlist no no <laughs> definitely not on yeah, mine you know how I feel about Vince Neil so. you, you, I know man I know uh, well, you know, man, another band that Mikey absolutely loves to death, we ought to talk about a little bit, is maybe the first Led Zeppelin album. Mm. <laughs> it was all right. I liked it. Yeah. I, I like Zeppelin, man. I love Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. man. Mikey, 
you love them, don't you, brother? Ooh. <laughs> boy, howdy, do <laughs> I. Broy. Broy's in the house today. That's another look, live singer. Look at how happy I he is. Yeah, yeah, man, you <laughs> got to know. This one, we need video yeah. right now. <laughs> That's another live singer I can do without. <laughs> I, I say Plant's great, man. I, I, I do. I think Plant what? was great, man. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it got real again. It got real again. <laughs> Well, guys, I, you know, let me ask you guys. I know we were planning on playing some music, but I don't even know, man, if we ought to put any music on the show, guys. What do y'all think, man? I mean, hey, this is your chicken. You fuck it however you want to. <laughs> I say, man, I don't even want Wow. <laughs> you say fuck it or pluck it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, That's okay. right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, man, we ought to just keep going a little bit, man, and maybe, because uh, I don't know really where much to go after we talk about GNR and some Motley. of these other oh yeah, yeah i man. can say tool, tool okay well see no man I, i'm not that big of a fan man really? so yeah so talk tool, about it tools uh, um their debut album which was their debut full album. right 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 yeah it was the ep that that would which the, I, I had the ep yeah opiate yeah right. that was really which is good too but it's a lot of live stuff you're right, right um that full and the undertow mm-hmm. is, is t- still to me to this day i will listen to that thing and just go back to that wow you know that that feeling the, when i was when i first listened to tool when we had them in the, in the shop i'm sitting there and it grabs you it really yeah, does. Yeah. to me it did it, it's new it was a different thing man. and i'm sitting there and i will I, we would listen to it and I'm, excuse me i'm sorry but we would listen to it and you know and i could see chad over there just going yeah this is you know, yeah I, I could use chad as kind of a barometer because you know he was a lot well, all right. He was a huge amount years younger than me, but but I could see. <laughs> you talking about uh, Jefferson, right? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Right. A good friend, yeah. Chad. Yeah, but yeah. but he could, you know, I could so I could sort of judge, you know, I I could like stuff, but I mean, I couldn't tell what a lot of the young people would like. Right. But Chad, I could see his mind sort of working. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And yeah. Chad, and is it, a, gra- it really does grab you. And Chad knows music. Yeah, I was, I was right. just going to say he is a music yeah. connoisseur, brother. Except he never got into Warren, man. Nope, never did. Me and him. In fact, what did he? Because uh, we still keep in touch. Yeah. He, we were. I made him a Warren. He was like, man, make me. Warren greatest hits he's like I want to see what you and Wayne keep talking about right because he respects our you know taste of music as well he's like brother I think our musical tastes take a hard left turn at Warren's Yvonne Boulevard or something like that and I'm like well man hey brother you know it's all good man he gave it a chance he did and and like I say you know and and he would he was really open to suggestions because when I would come in you know to work and Chad would be working there he would be playing my Robert Johnson series, yeah, the yeah. old blues guy, yep. because I got him into that. And he, he just was fascinated by that, which, you know, just if you want to talk, just want to go back a couple a century, Robert <laughs> Johnson's debut album, which was his only album because he died right, right. shortly thereafter, was incredible. I mean, right. just incredible. If you've not, I know this is kind of bringing out something obscure to some people, but Robert Johnson was the legendary blues player and singer. Mm-hmm. And if you ever get a chance to listen, I mean, it's just heart-wrenching music. I mean, right. I love every – there's not a song on there that I really just couldn't sit and listen to all day. And, and the thing about that album, I haven't listened to the entire album. Obviously, I'm familiar with Robert right. Johnson, but, you know, just kind of put it out there, too. Robert Johnson has that kind of mythology. The, the mythology, uh, right. Of selling his soul to the devil, man. Right. They say and the song Crossroads. Crossroads, um, Hellhound on My Tail. Yes, man. I mean, it's just unbelievable music. 
and it's just the, like you say the mythology also just brings it up to a whole yeah. new level it's, it's, almost, a, it's a great story yeah i was just gonna say it's almost that sabbath level you know yeah. of, of uh, there's yeah. there's demonic influence with this thing you know the the story goes with robert johnson sold his soul to the devil met him at the crossroads the devil tuned his guitar and then he put out this this incredible blues music, yeah. Which we all know, blues brought on rock and roll, brought on metal, right. which eventually brought on hip hop, right? You know, yeah. it all it, it all comes back to the blues. It all know? does, and and it's just uh, like I say, it's just such a great story. I, I'm I'm sorry to sort of throw that oh, out no, there, man. No, no, no. That's what we do. Here, but it's bro. just it's just one of those things where, like I say, we're talking debut albums, and that was his only album. He. Yeah. he the, the the legendary picture of him sitting in the uh, yes. hotel room with a bottle of whiskey at his feet, one old microphone and his and his, his guitar, acoustic, yeah. yeah, his acoustic guitar, and it was just the legend that came out of that was just astounding. That that picture's iconic. It is. Yeah, that, yeah. Even people that maybe don't know who he is, I know everybody has seen that picture at yeah. some point in their life. Well, you know, man, we were talking about debut albums, and we were also talking about Robert Johnson, who only had one. Right. We got to bring up Mother Love Bone. Yeah. Right. God, yeah. You know, man, we bring up Mother Love on as much as we possibly can right. on this show. In fact, I just turned uh, my friend Jeremy, who is a huge uh, music fan as yeah. well. We were just uh, hanging out last weekend, and he had heard Mother Love Bone and I heard of them. Uh, his wife, uh, Trina, has like, no, who is that? Brother, you got to pull it up. So yeah. uh, we played uh, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns, and she's right. like, oh, man, I really love this, you know. Dude, you talk once again, man, every song on that album. Yeah. Now, granted, MLB, just like, you know, some other bands like Tool, you know, you just brought them up, had EPs. Right, so did right, Mother Love yeah. But I don't really count the NWA same way. Right. I don't really count the EPs. I no. count the full-length LPs. Right. And, uh, man, uh, Apple yeah. from Mother Love Bone, yeah. every song, man, every song. I've always said it, and I know I've said it with you guys. We've said it on the show before. The great, in my opinion, the greatest tragedy in music was Mother Love Bone because they were the band that never was right. that should have been yeah. right. If Andrew Wood right. would have lived, he would be up there with Axl Rose right now as far as one of the best overall. Consider same with same with Freddie Mercury, same with all right. these other great front men. Queen, 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 another great debut right. album, man. Another great debut album. I think they, you know, for the simple fact that they had a life after sort of makes it not as tragic as mother love Bone. you exactly right but because you know well, they they attain their stardom exactly they and they they it. and they they get the respect they are due Dude, right and a lot of mother people, love bone like you say does not no right. and people are like who are that who, and, who is that who is that that's yeah. that's what you get a lot and it's like man it's the it's the greatest band that never was exactly and Be- and i think that that's such a, one of those musical tragedies yes. that, that we were talking about earlier you know yeah who, what might have been yeah because right. i think man you know you look at some other tragedies in music you know Obviously, you know, the Skinner plane crash, right. you know, obviously, Skinner. Uh, you, you know, man, I mean, th- who knows what Ronnie Van Zant could have went on to really? do. Really? Yeah. And I, I mean, think he would have, I yeah. think Van Zant was so influential, he could have also oh, brought yeah, along yeah. other artists. Well, he was going to produce the first Molly Hatchet album. That right. that was going to happen. That was in the works. Uh, in fact, they said the first time Danny Joe Brown, the, the original singer from Molly Hatchet, had met Ronnie Van Zant. To talk about it they almost got in a fist fight because that's how redneck they were but they were right. both from jacksonville florida right. from the streets wow. but but they said ronnie really wanted to work with him and he was slated to produce that first album and that was going to be ronnie's first production right of him behind the the right. scenes behind the console uh, he was going to do a country album that, that, I, that was I, in I the could see that. I I don't think I would have enjoyed that. I don't I don't know man i, I don't think i, I would have enjoyed know. that because i like the fact that he had 
the southern rock feel, and it was yes. rock. And it I, was. I, it's hard rock. Anybody yeah. who yeah. says it's country rock, it's bull. They don't get it's it, bull. man. They don't get it. No. But and 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 I like I say I don't I I I've, I'm, I'm, these people who cross genres so much, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. You know, either play what you can play or don't play or, or at step all. out, man. Yeah. And now yeah. now Springsteen did that new album I was talking to you about. You know, Western Stars. Right, right. He does kind of a a, a song. I guess you consider it kind of a country sounding song. Well, that's okay. I mean, if you want, but it sounds you know, awesome. It's one of the right. best songs he's done in years. Right. I mean, just as far as you know, the sound and the the the, the message to it and everything like that. I really do like it. But, now, you know, Wayne, one thing I'm going to kind of devil advocate with you as far as Van Zant putting out a country album. I'm with you, man. And first and foremost, I totally agree, man. Leonard Skinner's not country rock. No. Anybody that says Leonard Skinner's country rock obviously doesn't know what country or rock music is. Right. They were actually a hard rock band. Right. I mean, these guys came out. They did Freebird in 73, man. Nobody was playing music like that. Come on, man. Right. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. It had a southern twang to it, and it had some southern influence. Again, southern rock. Southern rock, man. You know, which Van Zandt actually didn't like that term. He, well, he, I, know, and I understand why he didn't. Me too. But, but he wanted to be rock. He just wanted to be a hard rock band, which they were like. like he liked the Who. He liked those Bad Company. He liked right. those hard English bands, you know, right. British and, and, bands. You know, so. you can you 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 can sort of understand that. But like I say, it. I don't know about the the, the what do you think the country album would have been good. I, I do, and I, I well, first of all, you know me, I love Van Zant, so I, I'm I'm kind of on the take that he could have farted on on tape and it would have been a hit. You know, I mean, I just uh, okay. I mean, really, man, hey, that's a Van Zant fart, man. That's good shit right there. That's going platinum, baby, uh, and, and I mean it. You know, uh, so so you got to I'm biased. <laughs> Wayne, man, we need video, Mike. We really got goes this <laughs> just to see Wayne's face over here, man. Uh, yeah, but 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 really, man, I am from that that train of thought, man, and I also think that <laughs> it's a brown train. <laughs> train uh, train roll on, yeah. but uh, no, man, uh, was that a beer bean fart? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was a Jack Daniels if it's Ronnie Van Zandt, oh, buddy. God. But, uh, but uh, oh god, but no, man, I think because Van Zandt, you know, because the plane crash was uh, in '77, right. So that was about the time the outlaw country musical Waylon right. Whitley. That's when it really started taking off. Well, and like I say, if you if he if if it had been with Willie Waylon and stuff like that, I could see that. I think it could have hit, man, because I loved Willie and Waylon. And, oh, and yeah, the yeah. outlaw genre of, of country music to me was like you say more of a, the real country. It was, man. It meant something. it was it was yeah. Texas based, yeah, not Tennessee oh, yeah. based. Right, but, right. Yeah. But but it, it had the realness to it. Yes. Now I I've 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 been a big fan of Willie Whalen and all those guys like that. Chris Christopherson. Chris, man, Merle Haggard, Merle Haggard, George yeah. Jones, man. Oh, I did mean, you yeah. see the uh, the documentary they had on PBS about country music? Ken I, Burns. No, I haven't, but I know what you're talking about. It's, I have not it was a pretty it, good yeah. one. I mean, it wasn't as good to me. It wasn't as good as his one on baseball or, or the Civil War, but it was right. good. Right. But the thing of it is, I know so much about music. Most of the stuff was like, oh, okay. I already I'm, know this. Yeah. 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 The one thing i did not know that they brought out was that uh when uh merle haggard did oki from muskokie about the place where we don't smoke marijuana yeah 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 and they had uh they had the guy from uh merle's band he said he smoked pot all the time time, time, man yeah yeah and he said and they and and i did not know this and again like i said i was kind of shocked but they said the main a pill pusher in uh, Nashville was Roger Miller. Really? They said he had said he was high all the damn time. I, I would have never known that. And man. he said the problem, and, and they said the joke around town was with Roger Miller was he had to keep his pills in one pocket and his change in the other 
pocket <laughs> because in one night he swallowed 35 cents. <laughs> I mean, and, and that was the main revelation I got from that, oh. that, that, that whole documentary, man. i tell you wow. one of my favorite country drug stories was uh, they had Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings doing an interview. To, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was Waylon and Johnny Cash. Right. And they were doing an interview together. And this was, you know, probably in the late 80s, maybe in the 90s, maybe. You know, they, they'd already come up. They were already both superstars. Right. It was obviously before both of them had passed away. Well, back in the early days, they were roommates. Right. And, uh, man, could you imagine that scenario? In fact, they told a story where Johnny got so trashed that he tried to cook biscuits and gravy, and they said he had gravy all over him, and the whole place was trashed. Just, just that mental picture of Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings uh. having their own apartment. <laughs> It's just like how to love it. That's probably about the, around the time they took that picture with the birthday cake. As Pro- well. Probably, yeah. right. probably, probably. hiding in the bushes. Well, with yeah, him. yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, I'd love being a fly on the wall for that, yeah. brother. There was there was a a group of uh, there was a guy who named, I don't know if you know the name Carl Perkins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, Carl yeah. was big friends with Johnny Cash, and he was the one that did Blue Suede Shoes yeah. before yeah. Elvis did right. it. But he got in a terrible car accident and couldn't promote it, so right. Elvis took it and made it a hit and, and ran. Right with it right, right. and right. perkins his career was just sidetracked yeah. after that but but he still kept going on uh tour with uh, johnny cash right. and uh, uh he was they were in new york city one time and perkins wore a toupee and he had you know had since for years and he was running around the hotel in new york one time raising hell because he thought somebody had stolen his toupee <laughs> well he goes into johnny cash's room and there's johnny cash with his foot up and the toupee on his foot and he's talking to it like it's called <laughs> And they got into a fist fight. Holy shit. <laughs> and he said, don't you never touch my damn hair again. And Johnny's having a straight up conversation. Yeah, Johnny's just man. sitting there going, so, Carl, you think we're going to go out and have dinner after the show? And You're awfully quiet, Carl. <laughs> and they said, Johnny just did kind shit Kind of smell funny. Yeah, Johnny did shit like that to him all the time. Well, man, I, I, the uh, the story I was going to tell you about Waylon and Johnny, man, this one, and like I say, they're both interviewing and they're laughing and they're both older. Mm-hmm. So they kind of got that uh, old-timey uh, nostalgia talk going on. He's like, yeah, man, well, we used to have to hide each other or our drugs from each other. Uh-huh. And apparently they had an air conditioning unit. Well, come to find out, they were hiding their drugs in the same air conditioner, but one on one side and one on the other. But come to find out, he was like, yeah, Johnny kept stealing my drugs, so I was putting them in the air conditioner. And Johnny's like, yeah, and Wayne was stealing my drugs, and I put them in the same air conditioner. But on the other side, we had no idea that we were hiding our drugs from each other in the same place. <laughs> like I said, brother, to be a fly on the wall. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, just that's when it was so, God, man, once again, you had the characters, and they were real. I right. mean, it was who they yeah. were, man. And they were really rebels, man. I mean, and, they were really exactly. outlaws. They, were, they really were. They were. And and then you just, like you said, to be a fly on the wall or God, be a friend man. of theirs, oh, to, to experience some of that must have been amazing. Just to, just mm. to live in that time. And you know, one more Waylon story we'll tell just real quick um, that, I, that I just find crazy, man was uh he had a i think it was a pound of cocaine sent to the recording studio yeah uh he was on the fbi watch list obviously obviously right but they said that the fbi raided the the studio that he got the cocaine sent to well well, he even said in an interview he said he did some the first time they said well you like it well he's like i love it he was like, give me some. He was like, well, how much you want? You want a gram? You want an eight ball? He's like, I want a pound of the shit. Oh, hell. I mean, damn. I mean, damn, dude. I yeah. mean, what the hell, man? And this, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but they said he got like uh, maybe a pound or so sent to the studio. I don't even get a pound of donuts. Man. No shit, man. Uh, no. Could you imagine a pound? I mean, I, I, get can, a, I get a quarter pounder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, and I'm full. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't even want. I don't even want all the fries, man. What? A pound of cocaine, Waylon Jennings, man. Uh, God bless him, man. God rest his soul. Great music too. One of my all-time favorites. But they said when he got the coke sent to the studio, the uh, the engineer was trying to stall because they were recording. They they were recording the album, so the engineer turned on the mic and and they all heard it in the studio. They're like they heard the FBI. So they say Waylon went and grabbed it. Well, anyway, the FBI comes crashing through, and they find Waylon in the bathroom and the the toilet's flushing, and they're like. What the FBI says something? Waylon Jennings like you ain't gonna give me today, you son of a bitch. As the cocaine was going down the toilet, they wrote a song called Outlaw Bit. If you ever hear the song Outlaw Bit by Waylon Jennings, that's what it's from. Wow! But they, they said the FBI got in there and he said, "Not today, you son of a bitch." As the cocaine was being flushed down the toilet, tell me now why they called that shit Outlaw Country? There you go. That's <laughs> wow. it. Right there. there it is. That's Not only it. did they say fuck Nashville, which they did. Yeah. Straight up, they legitimately said, we're doing it with our bands. We're doing it the way we want to do it. They were also getting pounds of cocaine sent to the uh, recording studio. Hey, you know, that's it, I, and that's why the music was so good, right guys. On. That's the, I mean, that's the times they lived in, man. And it was great, man. And it reflected in their music, brother. And that's why, and because that, it was no studio gangsters, as Easy E right, yeah. would say back in the day, man. This is yep. real, man. And that's why hip hop and country, I will always say are very closely related man when right. it's real and when it's good well that's that that's a that's one of those exact stories like you say that just sort of tells the whole story it, it adds to that legend and that mythology yeah, i love of that. these guys man i love that well guys i tell you what man we've probably mike you probably need to open up your store Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know you're that, uh, that you have a business yeah. to run. That, that pesky yeah. day job, you yeah. Got, yeah. You know, I know what you mean, man. That yeah. pesky day job gets in the way sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, thank you again for Guys, coming in, brother. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it, it always is. It's been always, too long. Man. It has. It yeah, has. It and like I said, man, way too long. We're going to try to get you in here again next month, man. We we want you in here as much as we can that's, get you. We're going to be covering the uh, Christmas albums next time. Hey, man, we should. We, get the hell out We of should, here. man. Why? Why not, man? You don't like the Christmas All albums? All right, write them down. All right. Um. Uh. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but now, Jason, anybody like there are good Christmas songs. Well, no, no, wait, just, just a minute. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> as someone, as someone who has worked in retail and had to listen to Christmas music from the start of November to the end of December, there is no such thing as a good Christmas song. That one U two song's pretty good. No. Who? No. You too. No. Oh, shit. Never no. mind. Okay. What about their first album? Okay, we're out of time. <laughs> Wayne, once again, thank you, sir. Hey, guys. Thank you, man. Seriously, I appreciate you bringing me in. This is so much fun. Mikey, brother, you got anything you want to end oh, this with? Man. Man. You good? <laughs> uh, All right. We got another tell- joke for us? Yeah. <laughs> Well, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely getting an R rated for this one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, again, we appreciate you. We, <laughs> we appreciate y'all. Until next week, y'all have a good one. And not only that, David, I understand we're right at the end of our program. No, we have got to go. This has been a great event. There's some people out there that hate us for this. <laughs>